SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to Scott Wetzel give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Hour number two of our two-hour extravaganza. Scott Wetzel on this Wednesday, October 14th, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. A little NFL football last night. We got some uh, basketball stuff to get to, some baseball news as well. Uh, you'll never guess what uh, one Zach Greinke said yesterday. Boy, you talk about being a knucklehead. Uh, they're not just limited to NFL players. That's for darn sure. As, as uh, basically... Uh, you know, Granky said, screw you, baseball fans are remarkable. And uh, you think it's easy to repeat? Um, it's not. And I, and I got living proof of that as well. We got more stuff with the coronavirus. Not good as uh, Florida's football program, in case you missed it, is uh, shutting its doors for now after several players, coaches, personnel uh, tested positive for the coronavirus, apparently 19 positive tests. So literally a day or two after their head coach, is calling for fans to be allowed in this. I mean, think about the irony of this, right? You know, their head coach, Dan Mullen, after they lost to Texas A&M, in which A&M had a number of fans in the stands, Dan Mullen, head coach of Florida, is all upset about it and said, all oh, those fans played a factor in us uh, losing this football game, uh, blah, 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 blah. So he, he's calling over this weekend for fans to be allowed into the stadium when they take on LSU on Saturday. And literally, you know, two days later, the program is shut down because they had 19 apparently positive tests uh, over the last several days. I mean, you you can't get it. You know, the, it's dripping in irony. It's dripping in the really, coach. You know, you, you're worried about fans. You're worried about putting 50, 60,000 fans in the stands. He's saying he wanted a full stadium. So whatever it holds down there in in, uh, in Gainesville, I'll just assume 65, 75,000. So he's asking for 65, 75,000 fans. Meanwhile, he won't be playing football right now, the way it goes. So five new cases yesterday on top of, that, I guess, the old cases. So the team is shutting its doors right now, and who knows when they're going to be playing again. It, it was inevitable. It, it, it was. You know, it's funny. I, I've, I've said this. These leagues that are supposedly starting up later this month or in November, this is what they were fearful of, and this is what they were almost hoping for. Disaster from other sports and other leagues so they don't have to open its doors. We'll talk about it all next right here. Big is a bad beat. Got it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Looking 
for the first down, and they got a little bit more on a 10-yard run. CBS uh, with the call is Tennessee, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, combining for six touchdowns, Tannehill three touchdown passes, one TD run. Derrick Henry two touchdown runs as uh, they wallow Buffalo 42-16 to remain undefeated 5-0, dropping the Bills from the unbeaten ranks to hand them their first loss. So now there are four Dolphin fans that we have to worry about, Tennessee, Green Bay, Seattle, and Pittsburgh. Not overly concerned about any of them, but ultimately, until they get their first loss as Dolphin fans, we don't have a whole lot to hang our hat on. So our undefeated uh, 71-72 season is it. So until we eliminate all the teams, we do have to worry a little bit. But uh, we eliminated Buffalo last night. Obviously, one of those two teams had to suffer their first loss. Bagels of Bad Beats on a uh, two, uh, Wednesday morning, 844-843-6879. Uh, bad, bad Beat last night, if you had the under, uh, listen, you deserve it because you just can't bet an under in these NFL games or college football games for that matter. You just can't. I'm not saying every single game is going to go over. That's not been the case. Uh, it was a split so far this week or right around 500 after having more overs the last couple of weeks than unders way more. But it evened itself out a little bit as the boys in Vegas have adjusted these over-unders. I mean, they are really, really high now. It, it is remarkable. Nearly every game was in the 50s. You know, if you saw an over-under in the 50s before, it, it, not that it was that out of the ordinary, but generally it was a bit of a stretch, you know. But now now every game is in the 50s. Um, and even last night, you know, as I was sitting there figuring out what was the best play to, to give to my guys, which, again, we gave out another winner yesterday here on Bagels and Bad Beats, uh, as we did give out Tennessee plus the three, three and a half. Um, you know, I was looking at the numbers and it was 52, 53. And I'm saying to myself, 53 for a Tennessee Titans, Buffalo Bills game. I mean, the last three times these teams have played the winning team scored less than 20 points. I mean, now we're, we're expected to get 50 plus points in this game. Really? I mean, they were begging you. I mean, as, as some of these numbers, they're just absolutely begging you to take the under, and, and you can't. I mean, you, you just can't because these games are just a scoring fest up and down the field they go, whether it's the NFL or college football. And last night, you know, if you're sitting on the under 53, maybe, maybe 52, 52 and a half or so, you had a shot because Buffalo was turning the football. Look, You look pretty good. You know, it was 21-10 late third quarter. Buffalo was driving. And uh, Josh Allen throws a really just an awful pass. Uh, he had two interceptions. One wasn't his fault, deflected off the player's hands, which he should have caught. And then this one, which was right into the Tennessee Titan player's hands. I don't know who he was throwing it to. And, uh, you know, looked like you were going to thwart a threat right there and head into the fourth quarter, 21-10, 31 points. He had three touchdowns to give, looking pretty good. But the defensive back that made the interception, uh, you know, somehow or another doesn't get tackled. He's tossing, he's turning, he's twisting, he's falling, he's doing everything except going to the ground. He ends up rumbling about 50 yards. So it goes from the Buffalo, Tennessee, you know, 15, 20 yard line to the Tennessee to the Buffalo 15, 20 yard line. You really didn't gain anything. Tennessee scores uh, and they blow it open. Buffalo, you know, comes back, makes it 28 to 16. Then they go for two, as we talked about the first quarter with Sean, uh, first uh, hour of the show with Sean McDermott getting a brain fart. Uh, because it made no sense going for two there, just absolutely no sense. But that said, he did. So ultimately, you got yourself into the fourth quarter. All right, it's 35-16, 51 points, 330 left, 
Tennessee with the football deep inside Buffalo territory. Now, they had two options. They could kick the field goal and go up 38 to 16, theoretically, 22 points. And really, for all intents and purposes, if the game wasn't over at 35-16, it would have been over at 38 to 16. Or they can go for it and then chew up even more time on the clock. They decide to go for it. So if you're sitting on the under, you're saying, all right, you know, if they don't get it, I, I got a shot here. Even if they do, you know, I, I still have a shot here that uh, they can get one more first down and, uh, you know, run out the clock. So they go for it on first down and they get the first down. Uh, but the guy runs out of bounds. So now you got a situation where the clock is stopped again. Now you got Dopey Buffalo down three scores saying, all right, I'm going to stop the clock with my final two timeouts. So Buffalo calls two of its final timeouts, and uh, Tennessee is set up with a situation second and goal. Um, what do they do uh, with about a, about a minute and a half or so left? They have to run plays. They do. It's not looking good, but, you know, maybe they go for it on fourth down and not score and hand the ball back to the Bills with like 25 seconds or so left, right? They actually throw a pass. They throw a pass. Ryan Tannehill back to pass. Scrambles, throws to Janner Smith. There was some uh, uh, concern that maybe Tannehill crossed the line of scrimmage. It was really close. Uh, you know, they called a touchdown on the field, so there was no angle that really showed whether he was completely over the line of scrimmage or not. So they let the touchdown count. And uh, to make a long story short, the game goes over. And it's a uh, 42-16. So the over hit Tennessee covered as underdogs and uh, not an awful, awful beat. But, you know, if you had the under, you, you thought you had a shot there, especially after they got the first down. I don't know if Buffalo would have used their timeouts down three scores after Tennessee got the first down, if not for the running back going out of bounds on one of those plays. That kind of put it into Buffalo's minds. All right, we're only down three scores with three minutes left. I mean, the chances of them, you know, holding Tennessee to a field goal and still being down three scores and scoring three times in three minutes. I mean, that, that, that's really somebody's. And, you know, I, you know, the other thing is I don't I don't get it. I, I really don't. You know, Tennessee scores a touchdown, right? This is a pet peeve of mine as I watch these games. I think about these games. You know, you can over or overanalyze things. But I just wonder, like, what is going through a head coach's mind? All right, Tennessee scores to make it 42-16. There's basically a minute left in the game. You're not scoring four touchdowns, Buffalo. All right. I mean, you've only scored 16 points as it is up until that point in the first, you know, 58 minutes of the game. What 59 minutes of the game, really? What makes you think you're going to score not once, not twice, not three times, but four times in a minute span, right? I mean, it's not happening. I'm the most optimistic person, never give up person in the world, but you're not overcoming a 24 point deficit. Um, with or a 26-point deficit, four touchdowns in, in a minute. It, you, you're just not happening. It's not happening, right? So there's Buffalo running plays with its backup quarterback, no less. And I just, what's the point? What, what good can come out of that situation? To me, the only thing that can come out of that situation is bad. Somebody gets hurt. That is the only thing. And we saw it in week one. I'll give you an example. Week one, the Saints were in a situation like that against the, who was it? I forget who they were playing in, in, in week one or two. One or two. 
And they had the football deep inside the opposing team's territory. Game was over. There was literally about two minutes or less left in the game, maybe two and a half. But in that area, they're up a couple of scores, not three or four. It was it was two scores, but the game was over. And there's Michael Thomas in the game. And Michael Thomas then gets rolled over. And then Michael Thomas is no longer in the game because Michael Thomas gets hurt on a play. And then Michael Thomas has to sit out the next couple of games and has not played since because he got hurt because his head coach decided to keep him in a game in which there was no longer in doubt and there was just no reason for him to be in that football game. And, you know, people don't talk about that, but you go back and look and see when Michael Thomas got hurt and, and see what the score was and see what the situation was. They were up a couple of scores. There were like two minutes left. They, they had the football inside the opposing team's 10-yard line. There's no reason for him to be in the game. He got rolled over. Uh, you know, by I think it was one of his own players, to tell you the truth, and he hurt his leg. It just doesn't, you know, you're down 42-16. There's a minute left in the game. Take two knees and get the fudge out of there. It's a Tuesday, no less. It's not even like a typical Sunday afternoon. What What is what, what is Sean McDermott thinking he's doing? You know, giving his backup, you know, a couple of reps, really? Is he trying to score to make it 42-23? I mean, is, is that going to appease his team and himself a little bit versus 42-16? I mean, it's just the reward is not worth the risk. You know, again, it goes back to him going for two down 12 early in the fourth quarter. It's stupid. I mean, sometimes these coaches are just like too close to the situation. This is where I've said it before, and I'm not joking. I am offering my services to any NFL team. $10,000. $10,000 a game. I'll run your team. I'll tell you when to call timeouts. I'll tell, tell you when to make challenges. I'll tell you when to give up. I'll tell you when to throw the football versus run the football. I'll do all that stuff. Amazing. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. What's it been like not playing in front of fans and not having that fan involvement, is it something that you've noticed uh, as you've been on the mound this year? Uh, you know, I don't really notice fans uh, when the game's going on, but uh, warming up and practice before game, I mean, for me, it's nice not having fans in the stands, but most people like it. Uh, when the game comes on, I, it's it's the same for me. What, what, why don't you like having, or do you mind not having fans in the stands? Uh, I mean, because then there's no one trying to talk to you and asking for autographs and wanting pictures and all that stuff. So you, I, I don't like any of that stuff. So uh, it's nice not having that for me. Most people like it. I don't like it. On a Wednesday morning, 844-843-6879. I'll open up the phones here in a sec, so uh, hop on board. This is your opportunity today. Uh, that is Zach Granke, 
Yeah, Houston Astros pitcher. You know, on the surface, it's not that big a deal. But, you know, this is 2020 where we scrutinize everything. And he's been in the league long enough to know, you know, what should be said and how things can be taken out of context and everything. You know, you know again, if you just, you know, hear the quotes and read the quotes, sometimes it, it's worse than if you really kind of analyze the quotes. I mean, he just he doesn't like the fans that ask him for autographs. He doesn't like to be bugged. I got a feeling he was thinking about when he pitches versus his days off. But, you know, I'll take him for his word. Basically, I'll just say he he, he just said he doesn't like the fans. I mean, he just basically screw you fans. I, you know what? I don't want to deal with the hassles. I mean, that, that's part of being a Major League Baseball player, though, Zach. Hate to break it to you. I know this guy has had some issues over the years. He's super sensitive. He's this. He's that. You know, when you tell the world, you know, especially in 2020, you know, with the coronavirus and everything else, that you actually like not having fans in the stands. I mean, you just walk away saying, well, what a dope. I mean, really? I mean, just you're better off just not saying anything. You just, you know, give the proverbial, yeah, you know what? It would be nice to have some fans in the stands, but uh, it is what it is. Although I will say on game day, you know, as I'm prepping to get ready for my start, it's nice not to be bugged for autographs and pictures and and things like that. Um, but, it, you know, he, he doesn't have the uh, the wherewithal to know how to put things. Instead, he comes out and just says, yeah, you know what? I like not having fans in the stands. I don't like being bugged for autographs. I don't like being bugged when people want to actually talk to you. you God forbid, Zach, they should actually want to talk to you. You know, oh my God, it's the end of the world because a fan who is so enamored at your presence wants to actually say, hey, you know what? To take a selfie with me or how are you? I mean, God forbid they should actually talk to you. I mean, what a dope, uh, you know. So anyway, that that's Zach Greinke telling the, the fan to get lost. He just as soon played like this every single year. Okay, terrific. Tampa Bay beat Houston last night five to three, uh, or five to two rather. You know, I, I will say, you know, the Devil Dogs take a three nothing series lead. Jose Altuve, as we talked about before, is throwing her in the seventh, uh, sixth inning, open the floodgates. You know, and, and uh, Baker takes out her kitty, who who is cruising four hitter. Uh, Astros had their opportunities though. You know, down 5-2, to two, two on, one out. Uh, it couldn't score in the ninth inning. Down 5-2, bases loaded in the eighth uh, and could not score, you know, uh, after cutting the deficit to 5-2. to two. I mean, they had ample opportunities uh, this game. They have left men on base time after time after time in this series, and they've just not gotten a clutch hit. Dusty Baker makes the boneheaded move, I think, and taking out his starting pitcher who's cruising, uh, opens up the floodgates with his bullpen. And uh, now the Astros try and be the Red Sox of 2004, down three games to none against a Tampa Bay team that just won't go away. Just they continue to marvel. Uh, well, a bunch of nobodies, you know, guys hitting home runs uh, that you never heard of, guys coming out of the bullpen that you never heard of before, and they all they do is win. All they do is win. And and we're looking. We got we took another step closer to a Tampa Bay Atlanta Braves World Series. Good gravy. Unless you're a Devil Dogs and a Braves fan, again, no one is watching. It is what it is, though. You know, you, you can't do anything about that. There's you know, just as much opportunity for Houston to win this series and the Dodgers win the series against the Braves than the other way around. But it's just not happening. We could end up in two sweeps. I don't know if that's happened before, to tell you the truth. Well, off the top of my head, trying to remember since they've begun these, uh, you know, National League uh, series and with the expanded postseason. I'm sure it's happened somewhere along the line. You know, baseball's been around a lot of years, and they've had, you know, uh, championship, league championship series for, for a long time. So, but off the top of my head, I can't remember 
the last time we've had the AL and NL championship series end in sweeps. I'll have to look that up maybe next break. Um, like I said, I'm assuming it's happened somewhere along the line, but we're, we're three wins away from it happening again with Tampa Bay one win away and uh, Atlanta taking a 2 nothing series lead over the Dodgers. Uh, you know, Atlanta led this one 7 nothing. Uh, it was up to 8-3. to three. Dodgers put four runs on the board in the uh, bottom of the ninth inning, and they had a runner on third base, but uh, A.J. Pollock rounded out to end the game, and uh, the Braves walk away with a an 8-7 victory. You know, not only just the, the obvious victory, but a little, little bit of a shaken victory. Maybe, just maybe, you know, there was a reporter that was asking uh, uh, Mark Melanson after the game about blowing, you know, or nearly blowing the lead and, you know, he didn't word it right. Maybe we'll try and get that. Uh, if you can get that, Chris, we'll play that when we come back next break. It was really a, a question that should have been posed more towards the Dodgers. Like, you know, are, are you getting any kind of inspiration out of scoring four runs in the ninth inning? You know, do you think that, you know, you lost the game, obviously, but do you think that might help you game three for a club that's, you know, searching for anything? You know, that that kind of should have been the question for a Dodger player. Did you, did you grab anything out of this, even though you lost? Instead, the reporter tried to ask Melanson it, and, and Mark is like, oh, we, we won the game. I, I know we gave up four in the ninth. I, I get that, but we, you know, listen, it's, it's a nationally championship series. Who cares? We won the game. Uh, so a little, little snippet back and forth on that one. But uh, they did win the game, and they're up two games to none. And Kershaw, same old Kershaw, you know, nothing for nothing. But this guy's legacy is going to be one of just postseason failure. It really is. Whether he just pitched poorly or he couldn't pitch at all. Uh, he didn't pitch yesterday after having back spasms. I'll tell you something. You know, he's been basically healthy this year after missing a couple of starts early on. His back spasms better be something really serious. You know, go get some Theragold and put some, you know, some spray on it or some cream on it and go out there and freaking pitch. I mean, we're looking at being down two games to none. I mean, how bad can back spasms be? You know, I mean, again, put some cream, get a masseuse, you know, uh, call up whoever, get a back rub and, and get out there. I mean, you're, you're clean Kershaw. How many opportunities are the Dodgers going to have before eventually this thing's going to fall apart and they're no longer going to be World Series contenders? I mean, it's just, there's always something with him. He's going to get into the Hall of Fame. He's probably going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But is he ever going to be a guy that you'd honestly say, I want on my pitching staff heading into the postseason? Absolutely not. There is just always something with this guy. It's just, it's just amazing. Surprise scratch start from yesterday. No word if he's going to be able to pitch today. Uh, it's clearly going to be a game-time decision because if he can pitch, he needs to uh, because they're down to zip. But I guess they'll see, you know, if his back spasms kick in again. I mean, just amazing. Like I said, every single year, it's something with this guy. 844-843-6879. Our good buddy Andy in San Antonio calls in as we open up the phones. What's up, Andy? How are you today, bud? Doing good, Scotty. How you doing, my friend? Eh, not too bad. <laughs> well, but Astros, 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 let me tell you, you know, they, I don't understand. I mean, once again, what they do leaves another six, six batters stranded last night. They had, yeah. they had the game with them crash and what, you know, what happened? Sit there. Number one, Altuve, you know, that's like you said earlier, that's the third error he's made. This, this this series. I mean, what? I mean, what's going on? I mean, I mean, the, that that throw wasn't even close. 
I mean, he's just, uh, it was, I mean, it was he's a simple throw, got too. Up his rear end. Yeah, I mean, it was a simple little throw, Andy, right? I mean, it was 20 feet, a little ground to the second base, no big deal. It's not like these are like errors that, you know, could be base hits. Or, I mean, they're just simple throwing errors. Yeah. My, my nine year old daughter can make that throw. I mean, that's how yeah. simple that throw was. I mean, and then he spoke. I mean, I mean, he just, I mean, he looks like, and then what, what happened? Freaking Dusty Breaker. That's why Dusty Breaker ain't never won a big game in his life. I mean, he ain't never, he ain't, I mean, as a manager, he ain't never done nothing. That's why all his teams are underperformed. Because what does he do? Oh, my God. You know, let him, instead of guys pitching great, like he, like you said, pitching great, Yuri, whatever, how you pronounce his name, and he just, what does he do? He sits there and like, get him out and uh, takes him out, and then the floodgates just open up. I mean, that right there, I mean, it, I mean, if, if Astros was they've stranded sixteen batters so far this series, if they, oh, at if least that ain't the, ten last the night. moment, you know, it's ten last night, and if that ain't the defining moment, them, them stranding so many batters, or then it's Dusty Baker right there in that move in a game they had to have to try to turn this series around, and he sits there and takes it. He takes a guy that just like you said, mowing him down left and right, just unexpected. Just Astros going to get swept. I don't. I fully expect it to end tonight, and. And then, heck, Braves, the way Braves are playing, I don't trust Clay. I don't trust – even if they pitch Kershaw tonight, which I don't know if they are or not, I don't trust him. It's going to be a Braves and Rays World Series. <laughs> yeah. Have a good one, buddy. You got it, Andy. Appreciate it, bud. It, it's looking like that for sure. Amazing but true. We're coming up. Big with the Bad Beats. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. There really is no message. Um, My day-to-day existence kind of kind of relays that message that you suggested. Um, there's a lot on the table in reference to this game in terms of stakes. Um, they're a four and one team. We're trying to remain undefeated. Um, you know, we're not looking for that low hanging fruit or that a reality TV storylines and so forth. Uh, this is a big game here in 2020. Talk about diffusing a situation. That is uh, my guy, Mike Tomlin. I get to listen to that guy speak all day long. Matt Meeks on a Wednesday morning, 844-843-6879. Talking about Miles Garrett, and uh, this is their first game since the Garrett suspension. Uh, remember uh, last year with Mason Rudolph ripping the helmet off and then accusing Rudolph of uh, giving some, uh, some racial epithets, calling him uh, the N-word. Uh, Rudolph denying it, and back and forth they went, and, uh, you know, Garrett gets suspended. So a chance for Pittsburgh to exact a little revenge. And, uh, you know, listen, uh, and, and in a lot of ways it's good, but in, and also in a lot of ways from a fan standpoint, without a dog in a fight, it's bad. You know, the NFL needs some rivalries. We, we, we need some bad blood. You know, I don't want a guy's head getting ripped off and helmets being bashed over his head like what happened in this situation. But, you know, nobody got hurt. 
Um, there were some serious accusations thrown that would, you know, piss me off if I didn't say those things. So I, I would think, you know, maybe Cleveland would, would uh, or Pittsburgh would be a little bit more, you know, uh, seeking revenge. You know, if you get accused of saying something, or maybe uh, it would be the yeah Pittsburgh. You know, if you get accused of saying something that you, you know, honestly believe did not say, <clears throat> you know, that, you know. That's a pretty serious accusation in, in 2019. So I, I, I would, I wouldn't be downplaying it. I wouldn't, you know. But that's not Pittsburgh's mo. They, they want to stay focused, and I get all that. But just from a fan standpoint, it's like, you know what? Go ahead, you know. Uh, say you want to beat the crap out of the the, uh, the Cleveland Browns. Say you want to get even with Miles Garrett. Challenge him. Do do something. Just, you know, it's been a long, long, long time since Pittsburgh versus Cleveland has meant something. That used to be a pretty good rivalry. That AFC North division over the years and before it was the North, you know, whether it was Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, Pittsburgh and the Browns, you know, that was a pretty good division in which, you know, it, it was a triangle of, um, you know, rivalries with all those teams because they were all halfway decent. It's been a long, long time. I mean, you really can't give me, I don't think, one game rivalry-wise that stands up to the scrutiny like it used to in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and even early 2000s. I mean, is there one out there? Forget about, you know, I want to see Brady versus Breeze, or I want to see, you know, Dallas versus, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Just based on rivalry, you don't have a dog in the fight. You want to see it because you know Team A hates Team B. You know, even Bears, Packers, which used to be the, the linchpin of it all, you know, that, that that's kind of subsided a little bit because it's been so one-sided and, and the Bears are so blah. Um, there, there really isn't one. So, you know what? It's not the worst thing in the world that we get a little uh, fighting back and forth, some fighting words. But there's Mike Tomlin. He says, uh, no, he's going he's gonna to downplay it. And I, and I get it, I suppose. But, um, you know, hopefully he's saying some more things behind the scenes. And, and I don't like the nonsense that goes on during the games with these guys getting into scuffles and scrums, hockey phrase there. But I also don't mind, you know, some of the big hits and some of the intensity and some of the the, the, the jargon that goes into some of these football games. Uh, back to the phones we go. Louie in Augusta. Louie, welcome to uh, Bagels and Bad Beats, my friend. Hey, Scott. What's, what's going on? Can you hear me? Yes. Yep. Sounds good, Lloyd. What's going on, my friend? What's up? Hey, uh, this this Dak Prescott thing is just unbelievable. I mean, do, do anybody ever think about all the other guys that make a tenth of the money and don't even um, and, and can't even play? Everybody with the MCL, meniscus, torn ACLs, like all kinds of stuff, and nobody even cares. Look at look at even the big stars. Look at Nick Bosa. Nobody yeah. really cares. Started doing the the hey, pray for Nick Bosa or whatever. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It really is amazing, Louis. I mean, you know, nothing against Dak, can't hold it against him, but the outcry, you know, whether it's his neighbors, uh, you know, apparently putting up a big sign, get well soon. Uh, you got players from different sports that are, uh, you know, sending him texts and tweets, you know, basically wishing, uh, you know, good uh, gestures. And Alex Smith was talked about it, says he's going to wait a couple of days before he gets in contact with him. But I, I mean, really, it's just amazing. I mean, it's, you wonder, Louie, if he was the quarterback of the, uh, you know, pick a team, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, is it Dak Prescott or is it the fact that he's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys that has everybody, you know, expressing well wishes, which is a good thing. I mean, it really is nice, but it is just like, you know, the guy didn't die. I mean, holy, you know, he just you know broke his ankle. Fine. Bad injury. Looked ugly. 
Uh, he made $31.5 million this year. Oh, by the way, for basically sitting in a hospital bed. You know, he, That's not a bad way to make a living. So it, it is remarkable how everybody – I don't know how people did this when Alex Smith blew out his leg uh, a couple of years ago. I, I know that the reaction to him coming back this week has, has been nice, but not not like with Dak going down to an injury. That's for sure. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. All right, and uh, that last thing, Scott, I'm going to side with Mick from Illinois. Dinosaurs that never existed. So, and I'll give you the proof. I'll give you the proof. Okay. Give me the this proof. Is the, this is the thing. There's never been a full skeleton of dinosaurs uh, discovered. And the second thing. Dinosaurs came up after Darwin came up with the theory. Just to like make it true that we, the theory of evolution, they needed dinosaurs, and that's why they invented dinosaurs. They didn't discover dinosaurs. They invented dinosaurs. And that's all I have, Scott. All right, Louis. So I, I guess the uh, – I appreciate the phone call. So the uh, the dinosaur skeleton, uh, the partial one that sold for uh, $30 million last week, I guess that, that was, well, what, fake? That was that was phony? Um. We we had a little running uh, debate on my podcast on whether dinosaurs really existed because they weren't in the Bible and uh, they're all found underground. And as Louis mentioned, no no full dinosaur. I mean, if you believe the scientists, they did live, you know, 50, 60 million years ago, which I don't believe for a second that the earth is that and the world is that old. But uh, it's just a little running joke there with Louis. Mr. Peanut joins us on this uh, Wednesday morning. What's up, Mr. Peanut? Zach Grinky is nothing but a worthless piece of trash. Oh, he doesn't like fans? Well, guess what, Zach? We don't like you, you worthless bum. We hope you get COVID-19. Oh, Sit on don't, it don't, don't, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't, 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 don't go. You can call him a bum. That's allowed. You can say, you know, he's worthless. That's allowed. Uh, but you don't want the guy getting COVID-19. Unless you put the preface on there that he, he can survive. You, you don't want to wish uh, death upon anyone, Mr. Peanut. And we lost him. Yeah, that, it's uh, you can always count on Mr. Pino. Always, you know, always taking it one step further than what it really uh, needs to be. Uh, kind of like Zach Granke, you know. I mean, it really is weird for him to say, you know, that he doesn't like fans in the stands. It, it's just, uh, he, you know, he's getting his wishes. It's at least listen. If there's one guy out there, you know, you got to at least acknowledge his honesty. You know, he's not going to poo-poo it and say, yeah, yeah, I wish there were fans in the stands. He's, he's being honest about it, I suppose. So, uh, you know, appreciate the fact that he's not lying to your face. It's it just, it's a little weird. It definitely is a little weird, but, you know, at, at least he's being honest about it. And speaking of fans, uh, a very weird situation down in New Orleans. Um, the Saints can't have fans in the stands in New Orleans. But in Baton Rouge, where LSU plays, you can have some fans in the stands. So the Saint officials are now meeting with LSU officials and seeing if they could play their upcoming games at Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge, where, again, they are allowing fans in the stands. Seems to me that would be a state thing, not necessarily a town thing or a college thing. But uh, I, I suppose each state is different. I know here in New York, it's a statewide thing versus a local municipality thing. But that would be kind of weird, you know, playing their games at, uh, you know, uh, Baton Rouge versus New Orleans. But if one facility feels safe and the other doesn't, then go ahead. I I would think they would need NFL permission as well, right? I mean, it is a big stadium. It's, it shouldn't be that big a deal. Um, I don't know how they handle things. I don't know who owns uh, uh, the stadium that the Saints play the Superdome. Is that a Saints ownership thing where they just don't have to get approval to move a game? 
Uh, maybe they don't care even if they don't own it because, um, you know, there's no fans in the stands anyway, so who cares? But the Saints are actually thinking about moving their home games to, to, to Baton Rouge. L- little little weird there for sure. Uh, NFL's chief medical officer yesterday, uh, Alan Sills, said that uh, he is not in favor again of a bubble situation. Is it? I don't think you could do a bubble situation with the NFL. We, we've talked about it. There's just way, way, way too many players. Um, you're talking about, you know, NBA hockey, a little different. NBA, you know, with all the team execs and this and that, what have you, you know, 15 players to a team, you know, throw on another maybe 10, 15. Let's just say 15, right? There's 30 people, okay. Hockey, 25 players to a team, you know, throw on another 15 or so again. Now you're talking about 40 guys. All right. Football, though, you got you got 55 guys and then throw in another 15, 16, 20 on top of that, realistically, with all the coaches. I mean, probably 25, right? I mean, every NFL team has at least 15 coaches. So you're going from 55 to 70 right there. And then some other executives and this, that, and what have you. I mean, you're talking about almost 100 people per team. It, it would be tough. I, I'm not saying it's it, it's impossible, but. Um, that would be extremely difficult to have that many people staying in a bubble per team, multiply all the playoff teams that they're going to have this year. Uh, that, that would not be easy. So uh, the NBA can do it. The WNBA can do it. The NHL can do it. Major League Baseball can do it because it's down to you know just the playoff teams. But NFL, I, I don't know how they can realistically do that. I'm surprised it's even being considered. Because like I said, if we got to the postseason in the NFL, then it seems to me that uh, you would be okay with it from that point on. Um, you know, why, why all of a sudden go into a bubble after surviving the, the regular season? You know, I, I was thinking about this the other day as I was watching Oklahoma and, and LSU uh, fall apart and, and the Nationals not making the playoffs. And I said, you know, it, you know 2020 has been a crazy year, but you think about it. You know, it's not easy to repeat no matter what the situation is. But consider this. College football. Champions, LSU last year, one and two this year. Uh, Oklahoma faced in the final, two and two this year. Again, playing over, which two losses for a college football team is just, you know, that's, you know, that that's like, uh, you know, eight losses for an NFL team. These college football teams that are good, you don't lose two games, but both teams last year, championship game, two losses already. NFL, Kansas City. All right, they're four and one. They're not awful, but. Uh, those four wins, they easily should have slash could have lost to the Chargers, you know, easily could have should have lost to the Patriots, did lose to the Raiders. So they're a very wobbly four and one, we'll say. Who'd they beat in the Super Bowl? Sam Fran, two and three, losing to Arizona, Philadelphia, and now Miami, all at home, no less. So KC struggles, Sam Fran struggles. Baseball, champs, nationals last year. Didn't even make the expanded playoffs this year. Face the Dodgers, they're, they're on the, the, the brink of elimination down 0-2 in the National League Championship Series, let alone getting back to the World Series. Hockey, St. Louis Blues, champs last year, eliminated in the first round this year. Who'd they face? Bruins, eliminated in, what, the third round this year. NBA, Toronto Raptors, champs last year, eliminated in the first round this year. Who'd they face? Golden State, worst record in the NBA, 15-50 and 50 in the NBA this year. So it has been a difficult grind to get back to where they were last year. Then even college basketball, if you want to throw that into the mix, uh, you know, Virginia champions last year and this year, 
uh, like everyone else, they couldn't even finish uh, its season because of the virus. So uh, we all know it's difficult to repeat, but it's it's difficult to even get back close to repeating for most of these teams. Interesting this year. Very interesting. All right, Bengals and Bad Beach. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, we've been on fire with our winners. We'll give you another one. We'll close up shop with the stories that we have time to tell. We'll call right here on the SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Bengals and Bad Beats on this uh, Wednesday. Let us close up shop. First up, Oklahoma, they faced the hell issue in the uh, semifinal games. Uh, they beat Clemson in the national championship. And Clemson is actually off to a halfway decent start. So you got one team. But I, I said Oklahoma in the national championship. Obviously, they faced uh, Clemson uh, after beating Oklahoma in the uh, semifinals. Right, a couple of stories here that we didn't have time to delve into. First up, uh, Stan Van Gundy uh, is uh, meeting with the Pelicans, apparently, or at least met with them yesterday, maybe today as well as he's one of the four uh, finalists, supposedly, for the uh, coaching job with the Pelicans. Uh, another one would be uh, Clippers assistant Ty Lu, who's apparently one of the leading candidates uh, for the Houston Rockets open spot. Uh, Dustin Johnson, the golfer, withdrawn from this week's uh, CJ Cup. after uh, testing positive with the coronavirus. Uh, so did uh, soccer's Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, former Florida State head football coach, though Bobby Bowden, uh, tested negative. Uh, for the virus after having it, uh, you know, over the last week or two. So he is scheduled to be released from the hospital uh, today, according to reports. That's good news. Athletic reports that Vikings running back Dalvin Cook will miss uh, Sunday's game. Vikings and Falcons uh, since uh, he is a a leg injury. So uh, he is out apparently, although right now, uh, officially, they're saying that uh, they don't know if he could play or not. So leaving the door open, in fact, that he might actually be playing. Been red hot as far as our uh, winners are concerned with the boys in uh, Vegas. So let us see if we can uh, poke around and get you another winner. No NFL. Uh, we gave you, uh, you know, a winner yesterday um, and two days ago. So today you got one baseball game. The Dodgers series, uh, the line's not posted, but uh, we're going to go with the uh, Houston to avoid elimination. I, I don't think they're going to get swept, are they? I mean, it's plus 120 against Tampa Bay. You'd like to think somewhere along the line the Astros would show their championship pedigree and rise up. So I'm going to take my chances. They don't get swept. Give me Houston plus the 120-130 as your uh, play of the day. Have yourselves a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll be back here right here tomorrow on Thursday's edition of Vegas and Bad Beats. Enjoy. I'm Scott Webster.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.